So welcome to another episode of the Happy Startup Community Podcast. This is an episode that's kicking off a series about our Happy Startup Summer Camp event in September this year. That is September 2019. For those of you listening to this in the future. Um, yeah, this is uh, the reason why um, we're recording these podcasts, uh, this particular series, because it's we found it very, very challenging trying to describe what it meant uh, to come to summer camp and why you why you would come. Uh, and the series is really an exploration for myself to try and clarify that story. Uh, and this particular episode with Sanderson Jones, who is the MC at summer camp, he is he's integral to how summer camp works and feels. He brings an energy and a life that the is intrinsic to the summer camp experience. Um, he's also the co-founder and uh, creative director of Sunday Assembly. Um, I'll let him describe it on the podcast because there's so many ways to describe it. But he's also a um, his 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 mission is around increasing the idea of lifefulness and the way he describes it is lifefulness is to congregation what mindfulness is to meditation and it's making this idea of coming together having these really connected experiences what that what that can do for people and how that you how you can make those things happen in a more secular world where it isn't just about religion but it's about finding meaning and connection and he wants to empower more people to do that and he wants to see that happen because if we do that the world will become a better place so i hope you enjoy this uh episode sanderson has a unique uh mind and ideas do bounce around but please bear with us uh, and i hope you'll get a feel for the energy that sanderson brings to summer camp and also what it is we're trying to achieve with summer camp itself and why you should come enjoy how are you doing uh yeah i mean yeah other than the sort of feeling of, about being about to be voted out which is you know when you're like that's not actually what's happening but whenever anyone else in any situation has already made couples and mm. And you haven't. You're like, oh God, why does no one want to go anywhere? Oh, this is your. Now I make the connections. This is your entrepreneurial first yes. thing. That we're talking about. Yes. Oh, gosh, I just I just saw your little video on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. So I'm now doing that, and uh, it's like they're like, yeah, you should be in a team by the end of the first week. I'm like, I'm trying. Uh, yeah, but then who wants to be in a loveless marriage? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm also like, it's also going to be right. Uh, but, it, yeah. you know, emotional. <laughs> Gosh, so is it is it a bit um, strange, like trying to cozy up to people or is it all quite friendly oh, no, and, and like, warm and yeah, amicable? I, mean, I think like everyone is just, when they do get into a pair, they're like, Oh my god! Thank God. But they they also really support. Anyway, should we just get started? Because like nine thirty is a bit of a hard out. Yeah, no, that's cool. Do you have a headset on with a mic? No. Ah, okay then. All right. Uh, it's a little bit echoey, but we should be okay. That shouldn't be a problem. We can we can work with this. Yeah, hold on. Um. So yeah, oh, no. So this. Weird. 
It's going to be a bit odd for the whole interview, but is that better? Well, that that sounds a bit better. Are you like crouched up against something? No, I put my jacket over my head. <laughs> it's a really, really uh, that's, I, uh, the whole duvet trick. I yeah. heard that's the thing for podcasts. Record them under your better? duvet. That sounds good. That sounds good. It sounds cozy. It sounds intimate. Okay, there we go. I'll try. As long as as long as you don't get backache all the way through uh, this. There we go. <laughs> first time. Is that good there? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, people will think something weird is happening. Yeah. It's not going to increase <laughs> my attractiveness. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure it's the quirkiness that, that increases the attractiveness. All right. So, so um, we're we've got summer camp coming up in a few months, and I think one of the challenges we have, uh, particularly well. With particularly for people who haven't been, people who've been, they know they they come back, they love it. It's it's something, even though they find it hard to explain to other people, it makes sense in their heads. Um, and so, um, this series of podcasts that I'm going to be recording with people who are going to be at summer camp is really trying to give them a window uh, into what summer camp is about, but also to understand kind of the the, the unique offering that each of these people bring uh, and there's nothing more unique than what you bring Sanderson because you are actually integral to what summer camp is about and I think it's also very aligned to your own mission uh, but before I dive in uh, for those of the people who are listening who don't know who you are rather than me butcher your bio and your pitch why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you do okay i still find this a bit tricky my, my wife recently had to ring me up when she said to, she had uh she was filling in a form and it said she's like what's your job and i was, <laughs> and I was like oh god sit down <laughs> so uh i i was a comedian for many years uh, and i suppose the thing before I became a comedian, I was my choice was I'm either, either want to do a startup or become a stand up. I then became a stand up, but my shows always had quite an entrepreneurial and sort of digital sort of edge to them. I, I had a show where I sold all the tickets uh, by hand, and then I researched everyone online and incorporated their social media into the show. So, uh, and they also like had a sort of philosophical vibe to them a lot, uh, as well as being silly. Uh, the my first one was called another heartbreaking but ultimately life uh, affirming show about death, and uh, the title was a lot better than the show. And and then this these things sort of combined uh, when I started something called Sunday Assembly with a friend of mine, Pippa Evans. And Sunday Assembly was sort of entrepreneurial, performance, and also philosophical. And it is a inclusive, uh, non-religious congregation, uh, which just is a lot of words, which doesn't really make much sense until you get there. Uh, but people come together on a Sunday to sing pop songs, to hear inspiring talks, to uh, go and you know have a moment of mindfulness or uh, sort of silence and contemplation and then afterwards all of the community things that a congregation would do and you know 
volunteering, potluck dinners, social things. And it was over the course of doing it, like for me, it came from a really simple idea. Uh, wouldn't it be great for something like church, but which I could go to with someone who wasn't religious. And then, and then I realized that actually what we were, we had sort of done for congregation, what uh, John Kabat-Zinn had done for meditation. And he's the founder of mindfulness and he went and took mindfulness and he did it in a way that he took meditation rather and did it in a way which everyone could do it. And so, that's when I went, oh, we're doing congregation in a way that everyone can do. And then actually, what does that look like in different settings? What does it look like in businesses? What does it look like in schools, in the healthcare system? And so that's what I'm, I call the practice lifefulness because it sounds a bit like uh, mm. mindfulness. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but the, but the, and also, but there's the analogy works so well. And so, yeah, it's really, my mission is really to try to, help to uh, re-energize and revitalize the sort of infrastructure of meaning and belonging uh, in society, because I think we're undergoing a real crisis of that at the moment. And, you know, I think that uh, Happy Startup Summer Camp is uh, also part of that, uh, part of finding people meaningful work and doing that through community. So uh, does, that, is that, uh, does that go and cover most of the things? That- yeah, I think that... So the, so the things that popped up for me when you were talking, there was something around getting, making kind of deep, meaningful conversations more accessible and fun. Um, because I think that's one of the things I, I found about, you know, I was brought up Catholic. One of the things that the church, I believe, was supposed to teach you at some point was what what does this all mean and what are we doing here? And that was through kind of very ancient stories, which I found very hard to relate to. Uh, and it sounds like when you you know you talk about philosophy and you talk about comedy and you talk about people, bringing people together, it feels like there's this the, the the conversations that people really should have, but for some reason they're not having them. Yeah, and and because we're not having them, sort of we don't realize that we need to have them, and then people go and hijack those uh, those questions that you have because if you don't answer those questions and you get worries and you get insecurities and you get anxieties and then you're just you're just suddenly walking along and then you think oh god i'm a bit lonely so then you think oh i'll go on facebook because i will connect with people or you know you think oh am i good enough so you'll go and make sure that you post on instagram to go and show people that you're good enough and so unless we go and have those conversations ourselves and really understand those ourselves then there's going to be like some billionaires like making crap cash off our worries by going with by the way i'm kind of obsessed with this i'm reading a book called hooked hook design an old book and it's just so annoying they're like uh, when your user has a worry that's when you can make them use your app not like go have a moment to go why am i having this worry what's a way that and then at the end they're like and leave them wanting more you're like what it's like insane it is really yeah 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 so the, the the whole um, weaponization of behavioral economics and behavioral psychology in order to sell us more stuff yeah. is a worrying that, thing. That, and actually, what made me think, red, uh, you know, that little red notification to my mind is just is mm. is like, oh, am I important? Am I meaningful? Does someone love me? It's like, and and that's what. And then for a second, you go and itch it, but then it turns out. That's not the real answer. (laughs) 
Well, I think that's what your your the way your work is is why I just thought was you're creating a helping people um, create their own defense mechanisms against this stuff by finding their own way of finding meaning, so that these kind of tricks, these Jedi mind tricks, just hopefully bounce off. Yeah, of I it. mean, and it's all by the way. I'm <laughs> I, I get sucked in by the button, so I'm not saying <laughs> there I am serenely without like any of these worries or concerns. But uh, the first thing is trying to become aware of them, and you know, and it's but yeah, like what can instead of you know having selling a product which goes and temporarily uh, fills the the sort of meaning void what happens if you really are able to help people find meaning and if lots and lots of people find meaning together in communities well that's how social change happens so the uh which is again a meaningful way to spend your life so it's uh yeah it is about that both that personal change but then also that how that personal change leads to social change and social change leads to personal change and I, um, so the, what picked up on there is like, you know, you're saying you're not immune to this stuff as well. Uh, and it's by being together, by coming together and sharing the challenges and talk, having these conversations. It isn't just one person teaching everyone how to be Zen. It's about creating a space where people can feel safe to come together and have these conversations. And, and like you said, we all win that way rather than feeling like we need to find some single guru to do that. We should be able to all create these communities for ourselves. Yeah, and I think there's uh, there's something really comforting about a guru or about a, like, uh, this person has the answers. This person, they've got it. And then, you know, we want certainty. And so, you know, the person at the front, and we've all had it at various stages when you're looking at the, you know, the leader at the front and you're like, you have it together and so how do you go and hold that you know both as someone who's Hmm. you know wants a teacher but then also might be you know wants a certainty of the teacher but then also you know if you only want your teachers to be certain then you're not really getting their real life and you're uh, Hmm. sort of also perpetuating this idea that there are some people with all the answers and I think there's a uh, someone um it's I think it's Eric Campolo. Uh, I heard it through his son, Bart Campolo, uh, who's a, a Christian minister. Or he, Bart Campolo was and now is not. Uh, he lost his faith. And he said, his dad said, churches happen when they're, because there's people who want uh, to throw parties and there's people who need parties thrown for them. And I agree to which that's true, because there are some folk who, uh, you know, have got more of an ability to rent a room, do a talk and X, Y and Z. And there are some people who are far more vulnerable. But I think it creates a weird dynamic where it's like, hi, I'm here to throw a party for you because I can throw a party. Mm. And then it's actually, no, sometimes, you know, I've got this ability to throw a party, but also sometimes, you know, I need to have a party thrown for me. We're all going between those uh, two things, and yeah, how can we, uh, how can we create space for that? Yeah, and um, and there's something about once that space has been created and it's got the right atmosphere and the right people together, um, something magical happens. And you talk about this thing of a communal peak experience. I don't yeah, know if you want to dive when, into that. When, you're, you're when you said that. you talk about a thing called communal peak experiences, I 
I think that's those are actually your words. And I saw them. I was like, like, great, I'm going to use that. I've been been talking about transformative gatherings, but I think communal peak experiences is far better. So thanks very much. That's going to be dropped into a slide today. Uh, Yes, so there is, we all know this, there's something magical happens when we come together. you know, Emil Durkheim, the great sort of uh, sociologist of religion, he called it collective effervescence. But, you know, you don't have to have fancy words for it. You're at you're watching a football match, whether you're at home, you could be in a pub, you could be, uh, you know, with, with your friends. There's like these certain times where we both become far bigger than ourselves, but we also shrink into the crowd and we, uh, you know, lose our minds, uh, but somehow go and find ourselves more and so uh yeah they are sort of really fundamental to being a human uh there's and there's different ways of uh, looking at this anthropologists of religion and evolutionary psychologists are having a big debate about whether uh you know is this something which is you know just the way the sort of human brain worked for a long time like and then we just found that if you came together and you clapped your hands a few times, sang a song together, uh, looked at something you believed in, spoke to some people, smiled a lot, and then you go and unleash this, like this force, this sort of this feeling, uh, you know, is that just something which was in our minds anyway, or we and we found a way to do it, or is it something which, over the course of our evolution? we actually evolved more where people who were able to have these experiences were able to uh, come together better, were able to cooperate better, were able to go and, uh, you know, and then and survive better and their children survive better. So, I mean, you know, that is like, you know, again, in, in a way that's a bit moot uh, because, uh, you know, it's a sort of like, d- did we evolve and did this become a way that we did it? Or is it just something that we're built in? And that is what, uh, you know, enabled humans to go and cooperate at an ever greater level. So the, hmm. by by coming together and, uh, you know, in that moment, you go and connect to your own values. But also, if there's a value that you have as a community, you also, in that moment, you're connecting yourself to the purpose of the community. And so if you go and think about it in, uh, it's quite interesting. I did a, uh, I did a sort of version of the Alpha course. And for people who are from uh, not the UK or maybe from the UK, don't know about it. The Alpha course is the UK's number one uh, Christian conversion course or introduction to Christianity. So I was like, oh, I want to see how these people do it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> And then it was before the weekend where you go and speak in tongues, which annoyingly I couldn't make. And the vicar was talking about how he was like saying, okay, so there's lots of different ways of thinking about God. And, uh, you know, and people say, well, how should I imagine my relationship with him or and him or her or whatever? And so it was like, so there's a, there's a big tradition of thinking of God as the father, you know, the Lord. And so that's one, that's one way that some people connect to him, but actually there's always this maternal side, maybe, you know, in Roman Catholicism, it's expressed through uh, Mary, but you know, we've still got the idea of the mother church. So there's this mothering side to that relationship. And then uh, other people, you know, and it might sound controversial would think that 
uh, you know, you can actually marry Jesus. There's this whole idea of being wedded to the church. And I was, I heard that. And then I was like, oh my God, you've just spoken to like three of the most basic human needs. Did you, are you lacking love from your father, love from your mother, or do you want a fulfilling romantic relationship? I was like, oh, and you've given people these three ways to connect to it. And so that is just one example of like, you've got this overall vision, but actually you're trying to connect people's own needs to that and their own value to that. And so Mm. that's the power of these communal peak experiences that, you know, if you go and ask Man U fans why they support Man U, they'll be like, oh, because they did X, Y, and Z. But then it'll be, oh, no, because Man U are all about, I came here with my dad. Uh, they've got flair. I, uh, they're about resilience. Uh, it's about Manchester. And, I'm, and so actually, even though it looks like they're all Manchester United supporters, they're all connecting through their own values and through their own needs. And so that's mm. what these communal experiences do. And there's also... Uh, you know, the uh, Mihai Cheek sent Mihai, uh, who's the guy who uh, wrote uh, a lot of the uh, literature on flow states. He sees peak experiences as sort of further up the spectrum than flow states. And again, sometimes I get after a while of like speaking to people like you who just go, hmm, when you say flow states. So flow states are the, uh, they're the, the, the times when you just get entirely lost in an activity. And so you might be, it might be when you are like doing, uh, so you're playing tennis and you, uh, you're playing someone who's, uh, who's like really challenging you right on the edge and you're on the edge of it and you just lose sense of time. Uh, you uh, are utterly absorbed in it. Uh, you're not really thinking, you're just doing. And we have those experiences at work uh, when it's going well. Uh, and and they're the, the times when we're most productive. And so people are really talking about flow states at work, but actual communal peak experiences are, have been shown to have some, uh, also some uh, amazing, uh, you know, peak experiences have amazing reactions to sort of coming up with creative solutions, to increasing productivity, and to bonding people together. You know, that you are mm. part of this because we come along and we do this thing together. Uh, the, uh, there's been some, and this is in really deep states, uh, but there's been some interesting things on uh, research on how your different brain waves can go and align. And then when they, if you're, and, but, this is when you, I, I read a journal paper on this. And, I've got a journal oh paper God. on this, and I don't know exactly the right waves which align with what, and I'll have to go and, if I was writing an article on it, I'd go and look it up. So just prepared for a lot of wave chat. Uh, the uh, two parts of your brain, some waves, you feel better. Trust me, I'm a guru. Uh, <laughs> and so what happens is that uh, they also, in some peak experiences, you uh, your sort of lucid brain goes and sort of, lines in some way go lines up with uh, some of the, uh, the waves which go and sort of affect how you see uh, both space and time and so you are sort of conscious but you you experience uh timelessness and then you you lose your sense of spacious like your spatial awareness and so don't drive uh the uh, but, but what they mean uh-huh. is that like the interesting thing is that that's actually explains like 
a spiritual experience. You know, when people talk about uh, mystical experiences, they talk about, you know, God is outside of space and time. God is one. And so you can go and experience this oneness, this timelessness. And in that moment, when you, if you've got these experiences and you're suddenly, you realize that you're not on your own, you are together. And this sort of idea of being separated from the world, this idea of being alone, that can sort of start to go and fade away. And so by, and, and it's, mm. and it's in these moments of communal speak ex, peak experiences that you go and feel a truth. You go and feel a truth that you can read. Oh, we're all one, but it's only when you feel it that you can go and know it. And that is something that you then take away with you. You then go and walk away with that. And, uh, sometimes, uh, I'm sure we're aware you need a little top up. <laughs> uh, I was just explaining, <laughs> as I was just explaining to you, uh, Carlos, before, uh, we, uh, we started this chat, uh, I'm on the middle of some crazy sort of startup accelerator program style thing where it's sort of like love Island, but for co-founders and, uh, ever mo- most other people have formed teams like co- and there's little old me on, but even though I've done all this work on like, you know, don't feel rejected when you are in a place where you're like sitting at the edge of the wall, like my teenage years at a prom dance, you go, you're like, Oh God, I could do with some feeling of togetherness right now. So, uh, yeah, it's, they, they're, they're so important. They have been important throughout our, uh, human history and we don't really have a language for it. And, you know, we don't really, but there are people who are starting to write about it and there's, you know, people have been interested in this for a long time, but I think, you know, in a sort of, you know, in finding a way that we can include it in the secular world, in the sort of world of business and education and all the rest of it, luckily the neuroscience is starting to show why people can and should do this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting when you were talking, a number of things sprang to my head. Um, <clears throat> basically, the the way I heard this, the peak experiences or the, the being able to to have that sense of a peak experience, it it kind of sh- sheds a new perspective of things. And I I picture people who are, who are slogging away at something and trying to work out why am I doing this? What is this all in service of? Uh, and somehow a peak. The way I see think about the way you describe a peak experience, it, it brings you back into tune with what how the world potentially works. It isn't this uh, fast track to retirement, this hard slog to death. It's actually there's a there's a, it is about the experiences, about finding those experiences that make life meaningful, and and one of the ways to do that is to be among like minded people on a similar journey. And also, I think there's something around. This is what we've experienced with summer camp and altitude, being somewhere that creates that feeling of space even yeah, though you the, lose a sense uh, of space the, uh, and when you're around people who... uh, sorry sorry i think the connection went a bit crackly and then i just spoke over you but you were still speaking and now people were listening will be like he's a rude man uh, so, uh yeah timothy leary when talking about psychedelic experiences he speaks about setting and set and so the set is the frame of mind you're in when you arrive, and the setting is the place you do it. And all of those 
can be better or worse. Uh, and so, you know, and, and there are some places where if you're taking psychedelics, it will be better, uh, you know, outside in the field on a nice sunny day. There will be some place it will be worse on a tube uh, going in rush hour. You know, they're just those things we know. And yeah, it's the same thing. There's like, you can't force uh, these peak experiences to happen, but you can go and uh, arrange things so they're more likely to occur. And uh, yeah, and I think there's, so again, with this uh, idea that values aren't really kept in your head, the words we have for them are sort of, you know, are words that we say. And because we figured out that if, if we have a group of feelings that we have in our body and they happen again and again, it's helpful to have a word for them. So uh, let's say, you know, there, there's those experiments which happen when uh, monkeys get given, uh, some monkeys get given cucumbers and other monkeys get given grapes. And the monkeys who were happy with cucumbers, you know, beforehand, if they see another monkey getting grapes, they get really upset. They're like, I want those grapes you know and then they you know and that's inbuilt fairness and it like if you keep on having as a human if you keep on like the thing which is being done to that human is uh different and better to the thing that's being done to me and we have that feeling we have that like and after a while you know we, we then put a word on it but you know all of those values are like you know little code words for what happens in our body and so it's that's why these things are embodied. Like you've got to go and get involved. Uh, there's, a, you know, at when doing, uh, when doing uh, Sunday assembly, I'll, I'll do meditation. I'll do movement. I'll do all sort of uh, coming to summer camp movement, uh, mindfulness, you know, speaking to like all these different exercises, which go and allow us to go and connect to our body because that's where, our values are and you know and by being able to go and shut off our mind a bit and being able to go and connect to them and then when you go and connect to what your value is then you go and make the decisions you want from there you're like oh this is the thing that i want to have more of in my life this is what i am about this is the thing which is driving me and then it goes and means that you can go and look at your other projects and you've got that like these decisions in your life and you go okay well you know, people might say that, like, I've got to go and get on the escalator of job here, do this, get that, blah, 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 expectations. But by going and tuning into your own values, you can go and get past that. You know, you can get past the expectations of others or whatever else has been there. And it's it can be a yeah. true north in your uh, in your work. I think that's that's the the nice simple message there thank you for that it is um so tying in from what you said before that peak experience that loss of track of time that that for me i interpret that as being fully present with what's happening with you now and you're never more fully present when you're really in your body because that's the thing that's happening at the moment and then that that helps you declutter your mind and and turn down the noise so the real stuff that you really want to do you can start to hear that yeah that is fair and just just being knowing how you want to yeah knowing how you you want to go and like go and listen to that and actually at the moment it's really interesting being on this uh 
uh, on this uh, like startup love island <laughs> where the reason that I saw this and the reason that I want to do it is that like I really had that sort of Tetris blocks aligning moment. So I'm just, I've already said that to you, you know, you know, when they're playing Tetris and that four block, you've got that space and that four block just goes and slides mm. in, you know, do, 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 do. like that's what it feels like when you go and get that idea, which goes and connects to these things. And so one of the, I think one of the reasons why I'm finding it harder to meet my co-founder is that I've sort of like had that connection and there's in myself and so you've really got to find someone else in a far more specific way. A lot of these people have come with, I'm, you know, willing to go and workshop some ideas. And so when I'm joining them, I'm just a bit like, hmm. so I've got this thing that I want to do. And, uh, you know, there's, I think, and because I'm so passionate about it, like there might be other, in all startup journeys, you start in one place and then you go off it. But like I'm really pretty sure that this is the thing that I need to do. So I've, like yeah that, and that's really really powerful it's really energizing and even just this conversation about it is really energizing being like oh yeah you know if if, if i don't find the person here that's okay uh and then yeah but mm. you've, you've got that that knowledge of this thing that is you know if i go and look at the, the you know my overall project of being uh you know trying to take this idea of can you go into create secular and inclusive congregations in different environments and you know first in business and schools and all those sorts of things there's loads of different ways to do that but then for me because i you know really feel that i'm god fuck well, this sound awful that i just swore as well keep it out <laughs> I just realized I was going to say no because worry. I'm really in touch with my values. And I just wanted to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> I think, I, I, well, I think you're, you're, you have no, permission no, 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 to no, say no, that no, because you can also no, no, take no, the no, piss no. out of your like, I, I suppose it. that goes back to the other thing of like in all of this of being, I think it's really worth like in all of this work also realizing the ridiculous the importance and the ridiculousness of it there were well and that's something yes, in the very much that people have really liked about sunday assemblies we're talking about this stuff in a way which is you know not too earnest and then then i was uh, I, was, I was chatting to someone else who uh who, when we're having this discussion and what, what, why that is important, he went, oh, well, it's like that idea in meta-modernity. And I was like, oh, hold on, what? <laughs> uh, and so meta-modernity <laughs> is this uh, thing which sort of uh, some people are behind as a like, follow-on to post-modernity of being able to take the lessons from modernity and post-modernity. And a key thing there is, as opposed to post-modernity, saying everything is ironic. Uh, and they were like uh, having sincere irony of being able to do things Oh my god! I think you just lost Sorry, me. Now. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, now I have. But yeah, look, I'll, I'll get into it. So the yeah, there's this idea he said of like, uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, sincere irony or earnest uh, or earnest irony of where you're like, I'm doing this because mm. I really care about it. But also, you know, lots of humans have cared about things and. It just enables, you know, enables you to hold something which is serious in a playful way. And I think that's, and for me, that's so, so important. And, uh, but little did I know there were some real brain boxes doing something called metamodernity who are describing dicking around with serious things in a, in a far more serious way. 
And uh, yeah, it's, but it's like having that sort of feeling for me, which is like, no, I've got this idea because it is right for me. And in part, because this idea I'm thinking about yeah. is about live performance, which obviously for tech startup people is just like, oh my God, <laughs> that's super unscathed. <laughs> All of these things. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, tell, yeah, uh, tell yeah, yeah. so anywho it's uh it's really uh it's just really powerful if you've gone and if you've gone and got that idea of what it is that you want to bring into the world i think that's the important message for me is that um i my, i i feel that there's many people out there who are who are following a path but not sure why uh, and it's really creating that what they haven't done uh, and i'm this is my belief is they haven't created that space they haven't ex- had that uh opportunity to have that peak experience where there there is a time doesn't seem to matter the space doesn't seem to matter they they're present and they start hearing things about what they really want and what they really want to do and it sounds like that's happened for you and there's happened for a number of people that i've met at summer camp and i'm sure it happens for people who attend sunday assembly and it's when and that's for me then the you know this is the trouble we've always had with summer camp what is the value proposition is it a music festival this is is it like a ted talk style thing i feel it's that space where 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 you when you experience that communal peak experience you you actually come away feeling like right I think I've got a better idea of what I want to do. Yeah, and I mean, in in all of these things, it is really hard to it's really hard to explain an experience before you get there because you can read all the guidebooks mm. about India, but then until you're plonked in India, you're like, okay, I know what they're talking about, and I don't know why I <laughs> use the example of India because I've never been there, but in the guidebooks it says it's great. Uh, the uh, and. Yeah, I think there's, I think that's also, so there are some like really, oh, this will happen in your work, this will happen in your life, this will happen over here, da, 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 da. But I think that's also like going back to slightly, when you start on these sorts of, uh, having these sorts of experiences, it sort of actually opens up a new area of uh sort of exploration and discovery which isn't about the sort of conventional value proposition things is it so it's Mm. it's a it's a bit trickier to describe uh and uh yeah but then i think also like a lot of people when when talking about communal peak experiences that's why i think it's good to name it is because people really like them and they really go and follow them in lots of other areas sport you know uh sport mm. uh going to gigs going to festivals uh go raving uh like you know experiences traveling mm. goes and creates this and so what happens is you're you end up doing uh sort of what you're the thing that you're getting from it is a communal speak experience. But like, if you don't have the language of like, Oh, that's the thing that I want. Then you, you think, Oh God, I love football. And it's loving football is great. But you might be like, Oh, well maybe I can get this in a different situation and I can go and couple it mm-hmm. with other values or other things that I want to happen. And so you can then start seeing it as a, a tool that you can use more. And so uh, maybe it's like, if you go and think about physical fitness, 
you can go and uh, yeah. you know there can be some people who are very fit because they play like let's say you're playing sport and you know before people really emphasized fitness people like ran a lot and they did it and they had to be fit but then when people started going oh there's this thing called fitness and if i improve my fitness and my sport will get better by going oh there's this thing called peak experiences you know it's like really just by naming a thing you can concentrate it on it more yeah no i love that and it resonates a lot with you know we have people who come back to summer camp every year and and the reason is is it's that it's kind of like a top up they say that's the word i hear is a top up and i think also you go to the gym because you're trying to basically yeah. top up your fitness so there's something around um like you said naming it what is it i'm i'm trying to come back here for and then so what and then i think it's like and then why is that important to me what is it i'm trying to top up uh, yes uh <clears throat> the analogy is uh there's it's quite funny in uh when because of starting sunday assembly i end up speaking to a lot of church people and they they use the analogy of the uh uh topping up the well then often it's topping up the petrol in the tank so that's what it is it's providing the fuel mm. and then the gym analogy is also sometimes yeah. used in terms of uh i am I don't want to go some like in Sunday assembly. Some people say, oh, I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to rush to get to Sunday assembly. I don't want to go before it. But like the gym, whenever I'm leave, I'm glad I'm dead. So, yeah. Yes. And so exactly. maybe it's you feel topped up with energy and you feel you see, so you feel like you've got that fuel in the tank, but it's it comes from. It, it does come from other people, but it also comes from really going and connecting to yourself. And so it's by, mm. you know, getting out of all those other thoughts. And well, I was on the tube today, again, feeling like a, a lonely uh, Love Island uh, reject. And so then I was like, okay, I have to go. And, and then everyone was just looking a bit. I noticed all the people having minor tube-related arguments. So I had to make a real effort to be like, okay, I'm going to practice my, uh, I call it loving loving kindness transportation, which is like loving (laughs) kindness meditation, but I do it on public transport and I try to love the people around me. So I was like, okay, I have to really make an effort there. But yeah, those things end up being... (laughs) You're a better man than I am. uh, Yeah, so those things... Like you want to go and just have a space where you can get out of uh, out of those day-to-day things which go and prevent us from like really staying connected to ourselves. Yeah, no, I like I like that. I think so th- we, we covered peak ex- communal peak experiences, the kind of finding what our real values are, um, topping up the tank. And I think that last thing is like... I know the tube drains my tank, <laughs> particularly in rush hour. And I think there's other aspects of the, the drudgery of the nine to five or the or the the rat race or the, the hamster wheel that can take energy away from us. And and there are things that we need to do to yeah, top up that And I think there's tank. also, and this is the part where, uh, which I've, you know, with all on our journeys, we're trying to do this is not only trying to top up the tank, but learning things which mean that our tank gets depleted less, whatever it might be. 
But it's it's like trying to make mm. sure that you are then yeah. living your life so that the daily experience of life tries to be is can be as nourishing as possible. And uh, uh, you know, if you can come along as a place of celebration, as a place of wherever else it might be, where you can go and connect, but also be like, okay, how can I go and live my life so that so that I don't feel that I'm on the hamster wheel, or that if I if I'm at a phase of my life where I have to do that, where I can fully recognize that this is a choice I'm making. And then uh, by making this choice, I'm in control of this choice. And, you know, that goes and that goes and changes your relationship to the hamster wheel because you chose it. So there's all manner of different things that you can, ways that you go, go that's and perfect. choose, choose how you react to the world. And that's the sort of ongoing growth, which is, really important and then you go and hear a sort of different speakers there or you'll do a workshop or you'll do whatever else it might be to you know to keep you growing one thing which i've got a question for you it uh Hmm. i'm sure that when people first come to summer camp they're like oh my god this is fantastic and then they you know people make big changes in their lives they really go on these journeys and then they will be by the time they come back, maybe two years later, or a year later, whenever they're, they're they've really leveled up, and so they they really loved it. Mm. They really loved the introductory course, and now they're back there. They're like, <laughs> oh, how can I go and I, now I'm fitter. I want to do something harder, but you you don't want to make it so that it's insanely hard from the get go. So how do you go and have mm. that of like trying to? Uh, make sure that the experience is easily accessible for anyone, but then there's also sort of parts which will be uh, maybe uh, a bit more complicated, a bit more sort of of push things a bit further in ways that you couldn't do if someone was just there for the first time. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point there. And, And that's a perennial challenge we have not only with the summer camp but with the community is people at different stages uh needing different things or like you said wanting to achieve a different level and that for me the the simple answer for me there is is it's about then finding people at the that stage as well and it is then through that group conversation i think when you when you first get to summer camp or for us when you first get the community you don't know what to expect you're kind of like whoa what is this thing what have i let myself into in for but you just follow the program you just follow the process and you go to the talks you have the activities you start people model the behavior you have the conversations for someone who's come many times before it is really a case of you just want to connect Mm -hmm. with those people again that you've seen before and have those deep conversations and then maybe for us, I think to answer your question, it's then finding finding new people who can then maybe take them on a little bit further on that journey, whatever mm. it is they want to find out. Um, the tr- trouble with that for me, or the challenge, is like knowing what that is because you know they don't want to fall into the trap of the lone guru who has all the answers. I think it's bringing lots of people with different viewpoints. And, and then treating people like adults to, at that level is like, you've got to make your own decisions. But what we're doing is how, creating a space yeah, for the conversation. Really, uh, in, so this is the thing in, uh, what's it called, in uh, church books, where they, which they call the sort of seeker-sensitive model of making sure that the first thing that okay. uh, people come to 
is really accessible for everyone, but that the but then that your yeah. the people who come along regularly are able to come to that main. Uh, so I should just explain. It. Like seeker sensitive means that you have you do like in a church context, it means that you do your church experience in a way that someone just walking on the street can come along and it seem like a normal fun thing to do. Uh, and obviously that's going to be, and the challenge there is like, if someone's been a Christian for 20 years, they like, they're ready to talk about some really in-depth bits of the Bible and like really get into some theology or really, and it's like, okay. And if you were to satisfy that need, then the other person would walk away. And so, yeah, they sort of talk about like how to uh, ensure that, you know, it is always you know the things which are there that which are happen would never the things we're talking about are never mm. sort of bastardizations or simplifications or of uh things to go and appeal to people that you never go against the spirit of any of the deeper teachings and then that there are other pathways which people can go on which enable them to carry on that journey yeah so for us, it's, you know, whether depending, no matter what stage of business you're at or stage of um, trying to understand what, what it is you want to do, um, we have, you know, we, that's one of the reasons why I think the open space works really well is because people, well, for the people who don't know how how open space works, it's it's a kind of a, it's a democratic way of deciding which conversations and which things people want to talk about. And in a large group, you create spaces guided by the people there who who basically promote or or dictate what is it they want to share and so that gives a space for people if they want to teach something at a particular stage or want to have a conversation a lot further down you bring the right people together to have that conversation so i think there's a there's a um at one level there's giving people some kind of structure so they know ah this is what i can do now i don't have to think too much but then also keeping it open enough for the right conversations to be had by and the people there to decide what they are rather than us telling them what they should Great. be doing. I am going to have to head off soon to go and um, cool. have a practice for people who can no code worries. better than I can. Uh, <laughs> well, no I, thank you very much for that conversation. I, I was thinking it was going to be only about 20, 30 minutes, but... <clears throat> I think we we had a lot to cover in there. So it but it was all very useful meaty stuff. So um, uh, thank you very enjoy much. Love I, I, just, I will just say one thing uh, here at the end. So what I my as you might have heard I've been learning from congregations to go and sh- and just like all the things which you can do to go and help people have meaningful uh, have meaning and belonging and sort of a large part of it being communal uh, peak experiences, transformative gatherings. So if there are people who are thinking that if there's they're in a company or they're in an organization which would have more of that, then uh, get in touch on at Sanderson Jones and they're all the places you'd expect because uh, I would nice. – uh, Oh, super duper. Let's do this. Uh, hit me up at Sanderson Jones, Insta, Twitter, Grinder. No, not Grinder. So, uh, <laughs> all right then, guys. Uh, let me speak to Carlos. Uh, and awesome. uh, hopefully, soon. yes. Before you jump off, um, I just uh, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to have a quick chat to you uh, for two seconds. But thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, and yeah, all right. Well, we'll see you at summer camp. Bye.
cool. Oh, before you hang up. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Hello? Hello? Uh, 